All right, welcome back to the Doomer Bloomer podcast with Will S. Uh, we're talking about the hero's journey, uh, the nine pillars. Uh, we talked about life, business, entrepreneurship, mastery. Uh, today on the podcast, I have a gentleman all the way from Palm Springs, Florida. Uh, we're doing a re-recording. Uh, I want to get some more of his insights. His name is Charles Cullens, and his life is a masterpiece. How are you, Charles? Great. Thank you very much. Well, it's a masterpiece in the making. Let's put it that way. I'm on my way, right? Let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what my kids and my wife say by the time this thing is all over. But thank you very much. Well, nice to be here. Excellent. So, so Charles, what what started you on on this journey? What started you on your hero's journey uh, towards the life as a masterpiece, or viewing your life as craftsmanship? What what started that journey for you? Yeah, I think in the context of the hero's journey, uh, the you know that whole first side of things where the hero was kind of or the hero to be. <laughs> is starting out as kind of reluctant and uh, fearful and, uh, you know, not uh, ready for prime time and, uh, you know, holds themselves back, you know, those fears about the unknown and not knowing how to do something. Uh, I was in that same exact place uh, as we all are, uh, depending upon, you know, the thing that we're being faced with on that, you know, given day. Uh, And then just like on the hero's journey, it isn't until the master, the mentor comes and brings you tools and knowledge and know-how to be able to then give you the confidence that you are in fact capable of stepping out and doing it and going it alone. Um, I think that that's exactly what happened to me. I was in a place uh, with a six-year-old daughter. I was in my young 30s and one day she came into the kitchen and said, hey dad, you know, um, what's life all about? You know, what's what, what's the purpose of my life? And I said, she was, what do I say now? <laughs> I mean, and, and there I was, pre-mentor, uh, the hero, completely unready for that question. <laughs> completely not understanding what I should say. Um, you know, sure, we could have said something cute. And said, well, honey, it's all about loving people and being a good mom and dad. And, stuff. and all those things are legitimate. You know, all those things are good. Uh, but there is that underlying aching thing that sometimes you say to yourself, do I really know how to answer that question? You know, did I, did I really give a quality answer? You know, and oftentimes life grabs you by the attention span and takes you away and you forget all about it. But it didn't with me. Um, and I started thinking about it in greater detail. And I thought, you know, I've got her for about 14 years or 15 years before she starts crossing over that threshold into adulthood and starts entering out into the apprenticeship part of her life. And um, just exactly what can I do between now and then to teach her a broader range of knowledge beyond what she's going to learn in school? Because that's not anywhere near everything you need to know. And what kinds of skills can I possibly pass on to her or and most importantly, skills on how to figure out what skills she will need as she goes through things so that she's not, you know, bouncing off the walls of life. And that's when I started the journey, the hero's journey into 
thinking about the curriculum, what are those things? And it led me to a place of discovery around the idea that what's really going on here for all of us in this hero's journey is that we are learning life as a craft. And if we have never been taught to see all of life as a craft, not just what we do as our profession as a craft, then, and I realized it's a great disservice because the way that they teach us our trades and our professions, if you look at all of them, which is what I started to do, they, we as human beings have done a really great job, I think, uh, figuring out what to teach the person coming into that new trade and taking them through the levels of complexity and teaching them how to practice and observe and improve and all those wonderful things. And I thought, geez, my parents didn't teach me life was a craft. You know, they gave me bits and pieces and helped keep me whole <laughs> as I was coming up. But I never saw it this way. And the result to your question is a six-year-old kid set me on this hero's journey and the result of it was learning the way of craftsmanship as a way of living life. I love it. I, 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 I really, I really aspire to the, to this, to this idea of, of, of craftsmanship and, you know, mastery. Uh, as we talked about the last time, you know, human, human beings, like your life is like the material that you're, you're carving. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the, the five elements of life as a craft? So everything that the audience is going to hear is based on research, uh, more than 10,000 hours worth of research into how our trades, occupations, professions, vocations are all structured. And, and the, the fundamental first principle idea that came out of it is that Pretty much all of them, over time, have boiled the body of knowledge associated with that craft into the smallest number of master buckets or categories or pillars or whatever you want to call it of the trade, so that the practitioner of that trade could easily point to one or two or four or five master buckets and then enter into that doorway. Uh, in order to then go deeper into all the subtopics associated with that. So the five elements that you've just brought up are those five pillars or fundamental categories in the entire practice of life as a craft. And they go this way. Element one is family heritage. And that basically says if the human beings are born into a family, then all of the early stages of their life that that human being is being imprinted with the heritage of that family. It's the past, the present and where the family lives, uh, the traditions and mores and folkways of the society in which that family is living. All this is heritage and it's, and it's rather deep. And, and there's like a half a dozen to a dozen different topics that are in that one category alone. The next thing is besides the heritage that somebody's coming up in, the next major thing is people are growing up in a home. And the second element of life as a craft is managing your family and your household. So if a household, like a manager, like a workshop, a micro workshop of a craftsman is located inside a particular heritage, the country and so forth, how is that workshop being run? 
Is the workshop being run with best practices? Is it being run skillfully? Are the managers of that workshop, the mom, the dad, the parents, the caregivers of that home, have they learned the skills of running a workshop well? And you'll find that a lot of us come up in workshops, homes, households that are not very well run. You know, sometimes it's banging against the wall and uh, there's not very good procedures. And I don't know, you're the kid, figure it out or go to your room because I said so. You know, I mean, all these different kinds of things. But if think about your, your career workshop, when you're in a career workshop and a manager doesn't know what they're doing, you know, you, you normally end up working around them and you're not very you're not very respectful because they don't know what they're doing. So element two, family and household management is a critical element in life is craft. The third element, then, if we look at craftsmanship, traditionally, a workshop is a commercial enterprise and master craftsmen and craftswomen were not allowed to open their workshops until one, they were proven they were masters in their trade. And then secondly, they had gone on to advanced training in workshop management. And you would have to go on for a year, maybe two years and prove and study that you could operate a commercially successful workshop. And the reason for that was, is they didn't want constant failure taking place in the village where craftsmen and craftswomen were coming to the workshop to apply their trade and the workshops were constantly going out of business, throwing people back into poverty and, you know, this endless cycle of you know, boom and bust. So the masters had to learn how to make it commercially successful and family and personal finance then is the third major component or the third element in life as a craft. You have a personal way of looking at money. And when you come together as a husband and wife or, or partners in a, in a home, you then have to blend that training or lack of training that you may have gotten in personal finance to run a commercially successful workshop. Right? It's critically important. So that leads us now to the fourth element, the center of life is craft, which is the primary material of the craft of life, which is you, the human being. Every craft has a, a primary material. It could be sheet metal to the metal worker. It could be clay to the potter. It could be the law to an attorney. In the craft of life, you, the human being, the inner person and the outer person is what you're crafting over your lifetime right? to make a masterpiece. So if you're the craftsperson of your life and you've been given this organic material called the human being, if you step back and look at this organic material for a moment in the way of craftsmanship, you have to learn the nature of that material. Where was it? Where was it grown? What climate did it come from? How did it develop? Did it experience drought or a flood or whatever? If you think of those first three elements I talked to you about. Those first three elements are what are informing this primary material's natural characteristics. So if you've come from a household that had real difficulties in management or real difficulties in finance, you, the human being, might have some difficulties that need to be reworked as you grow a little bit more in your life because you had some hard times, right? And the fifth and final element is tools. So tools for living in every craftsman's workshop, the difference between the trades, not only is the material and the processes of working on the material, but every trade has its tools. So if you think of life as a craft, then there are a myriad of tools that we are using through our lives, through those phases I was talking about, and including the tools we use on our own person, on ourselves as human beings, because tools are helping us to shape ourselves. 
and in and 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 make curves smooth and and, and you know align the rough points. And so tools are critically important because too many people run out into the world and pick up tools and start applying them to themselves and others and they do a lot of damage. And because tools are powerful instruments they need you need to know what they are, why they were designed to be for use for what purpose, how to use them skillfully and then you have to train in using tools in the way of craftsmanship so that you skillfully apply them just right and you don't end up gouging the wood when all you really wanted to do was smooth it a little bit, right? So those are the five elements. Yeah, I I I love I love I love this idea, right? Uh like I'm a a journeyman electrician uh by trade. Uh but I've also, you know, been self-apprenticeship and you know, other disciplines I'm I'm learning about business right now and and you know figuring out this this podcasting thing and you know trying to trying to shape my life in a way that that makes sense to me and you know plot my course um and uh, I'm really glad that we connected Charles because it's it's really it's really helped me kind of redefine you know what craftsmanship is like I've never I've never I've never really, you know, thought of it in a in a, a more structured way as as you're as you're talking about here. And this other this other element that I that I really aspire to is this the journal. The journal as a tool. Can you talk a little bit more about the the journal? So in traditional craftsmen's or craftsman traditions around the world and craftsman means craftsman craftswoman craftsperson craftshuman i mean it's not gender specific by any means but in craftsmanship traditions across the world uh, a great many trades occupations and professions use this tool this recording device called the journal in a number of different ways so let's just for your audience bring out a couple of different ways that they may be familiar with one is the personal journal aka the craftsman's journal the craftsperson's journal and this is a private tool that's used for recording and organizing thought objects you're working out thought ideas that are in progress in your mind and you're in the workbench of your mind you're bringing different pieces up onto the workbench you're assembling them in different ways you're taking them apart shaping them maybe putting them back into memory which is storage and you may on the particular day's work you may discover something and you might record it in your private personal craftsperson's journal so that's one example of the journal as a tool and a lot of people are familiar with this they call it self journaling i guess or personal journaling however there have been the tr traditions or the history of craftsmanship and journals uh a lot of craft traditions did not have uh uh crafts people that knew how to write and that actually had that as a skill they did all kinds of other wonderful things well but writing and having been taught to write was not one of them so a second type of journal that was kept was the master's journal or the workshop journal that was at the center of the workshop where someone might be doing their trade and in that you might find drawings 
and and other types of communications by the craftspeople within that workshop who were sharing the ideas about the work being done in that particular workshop. Now, if you look at your home as a micro workshop, that's what we ended up doing when I first started this study, you know, 35 years ago. We thought, well, let's have a little journal, a little workshop journal here in our house. And if somebody has an idea or somebody has a question or we want to study a topic together, let's put it in our little journal as a family. It's the workshop journal in that regard. And it has a lot of wonderful benefits that, you know, you can play with and think about. A third type of journal in the traditional way of craftsmanship was called the journeyman or the journeywoman's journal. And this refers to a time, so in most crafts, you have uh, three master phases, which is apprentice, journey work, master work. And then the fourth phase for a lot of them is mentorship. And in the journey work phase, you've come out of your formal apprenticeship, you've learned the trade, and you're now going out into the world to practice the trade. And there's several key elements that you would do. One, you would have to travel 60 kilometers or beyond in order to seek out a place to work uh, and, and practice your trade. You could not do it within the city, anywhere near the city limits where you were from. And there's a lot of reasons why they did that. The second thing is, as you entered each town as a journeyman or journeywoman looking for a master's workshop in where you could study and practice your trade and begin to make a name for yourself, you would go to the city hall, you'd get stamped, you'd pay a few pennies, get stamped that you actually were in that place by the city hall. And then when you did your work, the master in the workshop would sign their name to your work that you had worked there for a period of time and the master signed it. So now this type of journal, the journey work journal, is taken from place to place over time. And you find a lot of millennials who are doing this these days. They go to work for uh, a company for two or three years. They learn some things and then they move on. That's a very traditional way of doing your journey work. So the journey work journal became your resume that you could present to the next workshop, to the next master, be accepted and continue through. And then finally, there's another type of journal called a master's journal. So when you crossed over from your journey work and you kind of put your journey work journal down, you may refer to it and you were admitted to the guild as a master craftsperson after years of distinguishing yourself in your trade. You showed your journey work journal and you presented a master work to which is called a masterpiece to the guild. You know, whether it's an electrician's guild or whether it's carpenters or whatever the case may be. And they would say, OK, you're going to take a test. Do you know your trade? Have you practiced? Let's see what you've done and so forth and so on. Then you might be given the credentials as a master electrician, a master carpenter, whatever the case may be. And when you entered your masterwork phase, you were now going to begin recording the plans for masterpieces. And you would start thinking about your master works and how they were going to be fun. Now, a lot of people have seen these pictures of like da Vinci's, Leonardo da Vinci's pages from his, his journals. As a master in the master's journal, many of these things were kept quite secret because the masters were working out things that had significant individuality. They weren't doing the journey work of what a master in the workshop was asking them to do. They were now going out and creating distinct individual creations called masterpieces. 
And nobody was supposed to know what they were working on until the finished work was revealed. So in the master's journal, you'll find a lot of really interesting, and to the point where Da Vinci, he wrote backwards. He, he, he put a mirror up to the pages and wrote so I, that yeah. he could see it. And then, but if anybody looked at it, it was backwards because it was a secret. So the master's journal is a really interesting tool because the master's journal was understood that once it was done, and you move in, in this case, to the fourth phase of your life, or in this case, a, a trade as the mentor, your master's journal becomes the place that you will extract lessons from. And you will take the lessons from that master's journal and you would selectively decide which ones you're going to take out. And those would be the things that you now pass on tools, processes and procedures and how a masterpiece was done. So you're passing it to the next generation of journeymen and journeywoman so that they can learn and go to the next level in their trade. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. Like, uh, I, I feel, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like there's a, there's been a disconnect because this is, this is definitely an older, an older way of doing things, right? Like, going through a, a traditional apprenticeship and learning a craft and then applying that to your life. Um, you know, we, we have more of a university curriculum based system. Um, so, you know, this is like, what is, what is one thing you would wish you had known when you'd begun your career? And like, what would, what would you, what would you like to share about that? Uh, Charles? When I began my career, my, my, my specific work, my career work, what would I have liked to yes, have known? Yes, sir. Uh, my career work. Yeah. If you were, if you were talking, talking to yourself, if you, if you were like as a master now and you were talking to your apprentice journeyman self, like what, what sort of advice would you give for yourself? Well, in life as a craft? Yeah, sure. Well, then now I can I can answer that more easily than I could the other one <laughs> about my career. Absolutely. But in life as a craft, uh, I think I would have said to my younger self, uh, there is a way to look at the entirety of what lays out before you as a structured craft that you can perfect and learn and become a master and improve with excellence every day over time and have a great degree of self-fulfillment from it rather than the state you find yourself in much too often as a young man, which is the unknown, uh, the insecurity of am I good enough or not? Am I doing the right thing or not? Uh, am I being a good husband, father, and all of those questions of too many questions and not enough answers, had I known that I was actually in a structured apprenticeship and I was now moving into journey work in my life and there were things that would be done and I was shown what would be accomplished and there were measurable objectives on through the rest of my life, boy, I would have saved myself one hell of a lot of anxiety knowing that uh, beforehand. Yeah. 
yeah like uh you know are there you know are there any people or 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 uh you know mentors that may have uh you know you know what resources that may have helped you along the way it was the individual work of individual craftsmen and craftswomen uh that i began to study uh that became my mentors for life as a craft and i and i'm telling you i studied almost anything and everything that i could find in research that had to do with the referencing of practitioners to what they were doing and associating that with a way of working or craftsmanship and i'm talking about everything from stone builders and stone wall builders to weavers and textilists to uh medical people philosophers you name it anyone that i could find and read and that they would have quotations about things like achieving flow in your work when you are when your mind and spirit and your body and everything was in perfect harmony and you were in that place called deep work and flowing those lessons which were everywhere you know had a significant effect on my well-being and my mind and i would pick up oh my gosh i would pick up quotations in fact in all the audio articles that i have on the life masterpiece journal every one of them starts with a quotation by some craftsman or craftswoman somewhere you know including one of them is really great by a master painter a japanese master painter his name was hokusai and he basically starts his life at age 70 and he says at 70 years old you know i will have just begun to understand the balance of life and at 80 i will have achieved this and at 90 i will achieve this and he said and when i am 110 every line from my brush will be alive and i will be basically you know a master of the universe And I thought that was amazing because most people are, you know, in this day and age they're winding down like they're being sent to pasture, you know, to die and this guy was just coming to life at age 70. Yeah, no. I uh I I just I just was reading an article about about people who people who were able to project project far into the future and and look at that that fourth element of time and and you know these are the these are the major achievers in our uh, our society uh i i i love this i love this apprenticeship phase i love this journey work phase like i'm in the middle of a journey work phase right now i have a lot of a lot of work ahead of me you know i'm in my mid 30s here Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> yeah. so I'm really I'm really glad that we we connected because it really it's really helped me uh kind of re like reorganize some thought processes I had around 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 this idea of craftsmanship you know and if I if I was to you know to 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 you know to if I was to you know step into your shoes You know what 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 have what would you have asked yourself so far that I haven't asked you yet? If I was yeah, if What what question would you ask yourself that I have not yet proposed? Um 
That's a good question. I mean, you've asked me a lot of good questions, and I guess there are so many different things that I could talk about. But I think for uh, I think maybe if I'm thinking in the mind of the audience, um, yeah. One of the things that you know, if you're hearing this for the first time, you might be thinking, right? How do how do I actually then approach? Life as a craft, as a practice, as opposed to just hearing it here today and thinking in my mind, maybe this guy's just talking about a metaphor, you know. And maybe is there is there an actual practical framework as crafts and and professions are taught and learned that I can. View this thing called life as a craft in a framework,、um, because at the end of the day, that's the thing that I was—that's、uh, the wall that I came up against, which was 99 out of 100 people that I was l- looking at or reading or paying attention to to see whether or not I could learn something from them about what's the right approach to life. So many of them were doing nothing else but talking. They were trying to, you know. They talked. They said, "Hey, I have an idea. Be happy today, and do this to me, you know, and all these things." And I thought to myself, "Yeah, but where's the beef? <laughs> you know, where, where's the meat? Show me the results. Give me something practical to build on. I don't want to have to turn my mind into some kind of a flower garden, you know. Here to, I mean, just it was impractical for me. There just wasn't any guts to it, right? And."、Um, So I would say to the audience listening, we,、uh, yeah, I beg your pardon, Will. Well, I call that guru culture. Oh,、There's、yeah, a lot of gurus that, out there that that preach certain things, but there, but there's no no substance to it. That's what you. That's what I remember from our、The、last false masters. That's right. That's what I remember from our last conversation. You you, I heard that for the first time from you, guru culture, and you're right. That's that. So like. So I would be thinking from the audience point of view, how how do I do this? How do I approach it? And my answer would be, life my the life masterpiece journal is my master's journal that I've taken lessons out of and I've now placed it out into the public domain where people can now access it. Because in the way of craftsmanship, if you learn and you decide to become a craftsperson. As the center of the way you look at yourself and the world, in order to be a craftsperson and not just a skilled artisan, you have to do the work with high quality. But then you have to share that work with the world, because it, a craftsman's work is designed to have a positive impact on society. And every craftsman's tradition teaches this. And they used to fail people who were craftsmen who came to the guild. To take the test to be a master craftsman, if they didn't get that right, they would fail them and not allow them entry into the guild because they hadn't fully understood that the work that they're doing to build a masterpiece of your life is to improve the lives of others. So my work is now present、right. and, and growing on the place called the Life Masterpiece Journal. So you, people can go there, and now there is there's the structure. That all these other things that are just words, you can see the structure, and then you can understand it, 
and start practicing life as a craft. Now, what you will practice is entirely up to you because everyone's masterpiece is different, but it gives you the context or the framework within which to do mm -hmm. your work. It's like a workshop. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember that from our last our last conversation we talked about because the question I asked you is and I asked this to everybody is uh, how can you be of service? Right. That was the, the, the conversation that kind of that kind of sparked what you just were talking about. Like if you don't. It is one thing to practice a craft and become an artisan, but to become the master craftsman, you have to understand that you're you're not just you're not serving yourself. You're you're serving a higher purpose, right? Your your purpose is to give of yourself, and and I think that's honestly what distinguishes a, a master craftsman versus a guru, um, and and brings that so much more. So it brings so much more value, right? Um, it's it's one of the it's it's the main reason why I've started this podcast, right? I, I, um, you know, I uh, the question I have for you is, you know, if you're if we're you know if you're in a doomer a doomer mindset, let's say you're stuck in a place, um, and I asked this on your on your guest info sheet, but I, I just kind of want your perspective here. If you're a, a, in a doomer mindset right now, you know, how do you how do you get to that path to become a bloomer? Like, do you, do you reach out to a mentor? Do you, do you start working on yourself on your own? Like, what is, what is your best, you know, like short-term advice for somebody who's stuck in a doomer mindset? The short-term, <clears throat> the short-term advice is, and this is a general statement. So please, everyone who's listening, don't get me wrong. But the general statement is a doomer mindset to one degree or another. And there can be some very deep doomers or, you know, just surface level. But a doomer mindset is usually you're in a place where you feel stuck. I feel I'm in a bad place. I'm not sure where I am, but I don't like it. It doesn't feel right. I feel blocked. I feel I can't get out of it. I'm not quite sure what to do. It hurts. I just want to shut it out. And that's how most of us feel because we've never been taught the idea that if life is a craft, then in craft work of any and every kind, this thing always happens. You're moving along, you're doing your work, you're working on the material of your trade, you're applying processes, and all of a sudden, boom, the machine stops and it clanks and it runs, you know, bang, it runs hard. That's right. And at that moment, there's this sense of what the hell just happened? You know, now I'm stuck. If you are running life intuitively by trial and error, you're now in this scratching your head state of what could be deepening frustration over, I can't figure out what the hell just happened and I don't know how to fix it and get out of it. In the way of craftsmanship, if you were trained to look at life as a craft early on and or you listening to this podcast start taking on, wait a minute, I want to be a craftsperson in my own life, then what you will learn and you must remind yourself constantly of is that in order to get out of a bang, 
a doomer situation, it requires the knowledge of where you are and then the skills to move out of that place because it's just a question of taking it and moving it to the place. Now, all you have to do is ask yourself one question, anyone who's listening. Are you trained and do you have the skills right now? Have you ever trained and do you have the skills right now to move yourself out of the doomer place where you find yourself? Yes or no? That's all you have to answer. Did you ever go to a particular place or school or teacher or whatever and learn it? If the answer is no, excellent. Because that's exactly what you need. The next is, where do you find the journey worker or the master who has been trained in the skills and the processes to move you out from where you are? Remove the, the clog in the sink, right? Or <laughs> fix the leaky roof. It's really that simple. Do not attempt to work on your own masterpiece self if you haven't been trained in that area and you don't know the tools. That's the craftsman's way. Seek out a master craftsman who has. They will get it fixed. They will get you back to where you want to be. And then that experience starts you down that learning path and that path towards the right tools and the right processes. This is a craftsman's way of looking at life, that everything can be fixed and it can be learned. And you, by the way, you won't be trained for everything before it hits you. I mean, you're not trained for a hurricane when you walk out the door that hits you, right? So you stay in. <laughs> so it's those kinds of things. You're not going to be a master in anything and everything unless you've trained for it. But the good news is there are out there. And now the key element is carefully select your masters, carefully select your mentors to take you out of that. Just the same way you'd carefully select mm. somebody to fix your roof or carefully select someone to do the electric work in your house. Like, are you, are you a journeyman electrician? No, no, no. But, you know, I learned something from my uncle. Well, wait a minute here. <laughs> you know, right? So, I mean, you, you, you understand. Right. You know, people understand this intuitively. You just have to be shown, oh, yeah, right. I wouldn't hire that guy because he'll probably break something. Well, there it is. Yeah, no, I, right? Like, you know, do not attempt professionals only <laughs> sort, sort of sort of mentality, <laughs> well right? Um, yeah. Kids, don't try this at home, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> professional course, or prof what is it? Dr oh, professional uh, driver. Course, right? Professional driver. driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Close course, yeah. But, you know, we're not taught to think of our lives that way, Will, and that's the problem. Where we're supposedly, we, we, we really hurt ourselves. Mm. Oh, well, you know, you're smart, figure it out. And you're supposed to be able to do this. And geez, you don't know how to do that by now. That is so much nonsense because it's not a craftsman's way of looking at things. Well, and, and the other, the other side of the, the side of the coin is like coming back to the you know the family heritage side of things mm -hmm. you know if if you're if you let, let's say you know your your parents you know that your parents never never figured it out a hundred percent or something like that you know how you know how are how are you supposed to you know acquire those skills from your parents if you never you know never never got never got that mentorship especially early on right 
Um, you know, they never, they were never thought, they never thought of, if your parents never thought of their life as a craft and, you know, crafting the, the family, the family structure and the family life in a, in a very diligent and step-by-step methodical, methodical way, it's, you know, if your parents were just trial and error, that's basically what you're going to be doing most of, most of your at least apprenticeship phase. Like I, I didn't really, I didn't really figure out kind of what I, what I really wanted until I was about, about 30, you know, and I still, I'm still, I'm still working in the journey, journeyman phase, right. Till, you know, what is, you know, what, what do I, what do I want out of life and what is my life going to look like in the next 30, 30, 40 years. And, uh, we talked about in the journeyman phase, it's, it's the seat. You says it's the season of summer. Yes. Right. Yeah. The, the hot sun on your back, and this is this is the this is the I would say that's probably the hardest the the hardest phase. Like in terms of you know you're 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 not an apprentice anymore. You're you you're expected to have at least a certain amount of life knowledge. I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is what is your best advice for somebody just you know going you know doing the doing the daily work required in that journeyman phase like because uh, it can get monotonous you know what i mean oh it is it's that's that's the whole element behind it so the first thing that people need to do and listen to and understand is if you've been paying too much attention to people who are uh, on the internet waving these little signs going, you know, two steps to success for $329 and you've been spending so much of your time doing that or whatever, you're, you, um, you're, you, you are caught up in a little tornado and you're spinning around. So what I'm about to say to you is completely contrary to that. In the journey work phase of any trade or craft, which comes after observation, study, and practice so that you are technically credentialed. The journey work phase is now the phase of endurance. You're walking out that front door. You've got your credential in your hand. You've got your tool belt on. And you're going out knocking on doors, trying to earn your way and make your living in life with the skills you've learned for that particular trade. And thus that day to day, depending on the trade, you're working probably in some other master's workshop. And there's a lot of day to day, repeat, repeat, wash, repeat, rinse, repeat over and over and over again for some, if it's, if it's a craft or a trade that you're not particularly in love with, It can be a burden. If it's something you're in love with, it can be a much more pleasant experience. But for either situation, if you see yourself as a craftsperson, then you have something that others don't, which is you're now practicing incremental excellence and incremental improvement. And those day-to-days lessons and learnings are doing something to you inside that it's not doing to other people. It's creating you as part of your own masterpiece that you have in your mind. So your journey work in your career is 
like your journey work in the rest of your life when you come home and you're now in the home and the family and the parenting and the operating of the home. This is going to be a lot of day-to-day repetitive, make the dinner, put the kids in the bath, get them to bed and rinse and repeat the next day over and over and over again. But if it's understood that the journey work phase is the time for distinguishing your skill and showing that you have skill instead of making it up and screaming, then this endurance phase in life as a craft can have tremendous strength building. You're now establishing the foundations for the second half of your life during this 25 to 45 year period called journey work. And that 20 years is a test of endurance. And if you've ever done endurance training in anything before, you know that you progressively build strength through repetition and increasing that strength. And then you learn to release the energy in incremental releases in order to sustain the encounter until the end. If you're going to do a triathlon, you've got a big run out ahead of you. You can't burn out in the first swimming because then you won't do the bike ride and you won't do the run, right? So endurance over this 20 years is the fundamental thing that you need to acquire. Because once you do, you're going to have a tremendous amount of self-esteem in your own skills. You won't be kidding yourself that I'm a genius and I'm a this and I'm a that. It will be, oh, okay, you want to get in the boxing ring? No problem. I can go 15 rounds because I know I can, right? So that's what the journey work phase in life and career is within that, but it's not all of it. And that's the thing to remember and understand. Now, this is a message you will not hear if you're out surfing the internet and playing social media every day. Yeah, I the guru culture, right? Guru culture. Um, yeah, I know, and like, I, 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 I love, I love how, how you know, like uh, another, it's another analogy that I've heard of a, of a similar nature is, you know, if if you're building a cathedral, you have to build it brick by brick, right? Like, if you're the guy just laying bricks and you don't, you know, don't know what you're building, you're not looking at the blueprint. You know, oh, ultimately we're building a cathedral. What's going to be more motivating, building a cathedral, or or laying bricks? Right. You have um, just you've just described you the know, apprentice. You gotta, you gotta, you've just described the apprentice mind versus the master craftsman's mind. Apprentice, oh, I'm just laying bricks. Master craftsman, no, oh, I'm building a cathedral. <laughs> right. Exactly. You gotta gotta look look at your life as that that cathedral that you're 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 getting you're getting to um so the other the other question i have for you so so far you know who for yourself like who have been the the three people who have been the the most influential to you on your path charles yeah <clears throat> I think, did I write anything down in my replies to I you? See. Yeah, you wrote the carpenter, philosopher, and the farmer. Yes, that's they right. They taught me to build a strong home, to think critically, and to nourish nourish and not waste. Uh, I, I I thought that was very poetic, so I, I, I would like to, uh, to, 
to talk about that a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, I remember that because I, I was trying to think when you, when you first sent those questions and I was thinking, I've been asked that before and I always have trouble coming up with a particular person's name, but I don't have trouble coming up with a craftsman mm -hmm. or craftswoman who is doing something with a high degree of skill and saying, mm. oh, that craftsman or that craftswoman, a practitioner of that trade is someone who I admire, who has taught me. And I just kind of, I just look at life that way. But hey, I've been at it 35 years. So, so I've trained my brain to think that way. But the, 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 the carpenter is, is the man or woman that has learned the skills, the fundamental elements of knowing how to build that household workshop that is going to be the place where a family can grow and a family can prosper and that these are young human beings who are going to go on and become masterpieces in the world. And if they are true masterpieces, and if they concentrated on themselves becoming a masterpiece, they, without knowing it, have already contributed to society. Because what they are giving to society is a masterpiece, not a hydrogen bomb. You know what I'm saying? Their, their, their lives are a contribution. <laughs> Right. The, the second critical, uh, the philosopher. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead, Will. No, go, no. The I, 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 I love, I love, <laughs> go ahead. The, so the, the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> yeah. The, the philosopher as a, yeah, the, the, the got me at the hydrogen bomb. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, and there's been a few on the news lately. Um, the philosopher was a craftsman or craftswoman who, for me, represented um, what happens in the masterwork phase of life. And that, um, and that is that when you enter into the masterwork phase of life, roughly age 45 to 65 in Life as a Craft, this is when you begin dedicating yourself to a new level of works. First of all, you're performing at a high level of, of, of uh, proficiency once you're in your masterworks, in your trade and or in your life. Um, you've learned to use tools very well. Uh, you have a really deep knowledge of the materials of the trade. Uh, you've mastered the processes. So you're in, oftentimes you're in, in a moment in a state of flow and art. You know, I mean, you're everything is you're in the zone and you're really moving. And in the masterworks phase of life is when, if you look at the, the work that I've left behind for people, is when you now turn your attention to masterpieces, but you're turning your attention to creating new masterpieces in a single material. And that single material that all crafts or, or mind craft people work in is the material called human thought. And it is a universal material and it's different from all other trades because every other trade has its primary material that it works with. And each of those materials is different and they all have a different texture and, the, and a different nature. But when you move to the masterworks phase and you now begin creating masterpieces of thought, it's the same material for everyone in the world. Because human thought is a singular material and we all contain it within our minds and we work on it in the workbench of our minds. And the philosopher is the individual that is constantly striving 
for the creation of masterpieces of thought, such that those masterpieces, if they come out fully constructed, are masterworks in their form, in their shape, in their beginning, in their end. And we know them by many names, concepts, theories, ideas, novels, uh, you know, the Constitution of the United States, whatever you want to call it, these, these elements of the philosopher are unique. And if we have them, we can consume those into our own minds, and then it affects what we do with, with the rest of our lives, our, our masterpieces, if we use them. And then finally, the farmer. Teach a man to fish or teach one to grow their own corn and they feed themselves for life, give it to them and they will eat for a day. So it's that idea of that with a a farmer, not only do you have the skill for sustaining, but they are a person, a craft, which is very close to the earth. And they understand inherently, even though things do change by industrial, that stewardship and proper maintenance of that material, not to overfarm it, overfish it, whatever the case may be, is critical to sustaining longevity. And that's craftsmanship, right? So, and that is the whole world. That's our ecosystem. That's our global warming. That's our individual way of looking at things. So uh, there's an old phrase from the Boy Scouts once upon a time that said, when you enter into the forest, take only pictures and leave behind only footprints, right? Don't let anyone know you were there. Leave a place cleaner than when you found it. You know, that type of thing. That stewardship is something we get from the farmer, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I think, I think, I I don't know. I I feel like there, there is a movement. I don't know how you feel in the United States, but in Canada there, there's, there's definitely been a movement of people wanting to go back to the older ways of older ways of doing things and older ways of, of, uh, of apprenticing people. And, you know, even in the farming, you know, like we're not, we're not, I don't think we're always going to be reliant on, you know, supermarkets and, uh, major corporations for for our daily needs i think that's something that we're gonna have to relearn um yeah i don't want to we're pushing to the hour here and i i (laughs) i i I, I love this topic uh but uh i uh i I just want to say uh i i love what you're doing charles and the the my life masterpiece uh how is the best is that the best place for listeners to connect with you on online yeah mylifemasterpiece.com you're yeah that will take them to the life masterpiece journal excellent and and again my my last question for you like is this like this is i i look at like i look at legacy a lot like do you consider this journal uh what you're doing like is this your legacy charles is this your 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 gift to uh humanity yes it is i love it (laughs) uh any any last thoughts you want to you want to give our listeners before we sign off here to consider 
<clears throat> that after all of this conversation and listening to Will pulling things out of me, that life can be approached as a learned craft if you will take a moment to let that uh, sit with you uh, and consider its potential, its merits. If you can begin to embrace that, then there is a way to learn the craft. I've, I've set out one framework by which you can do that, and in time there may be others. And that each of you is a craftsperson of your own life. You are the primary craftsperson of your own life. And your job over the rest of your life, if you accept that you are the craftsperson of your own life, is to progressively practice craftsmanship, incrementally improve, and make a masterpiece of your life. I love it. <laughs> well said. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been the Doomer Bloomer podcast season two with Will S. Uh, that was my guest, Charles Cullens. And life is a masterpiece. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns, reach out. Uh, we have our podcast at Doomer podcast on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're out there uh, on YouTube as well. Thanks, Charles. And uh We'll call it a call it a call it an episode.